Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit for plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fire Escape. Rule. 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 Uh, you can hear the jingle jangle of Ritter in the background as he walks around. Uh, I'm joined here bodily again by Howell John. Howell John has returned. In body and in spirit. In body and in spirit, not just in spirit. Returned from Des Moines, as everybody knows. Resurrected from Des Moines. I wanted to say, so I took a screenshot of this. We've been talking about Des Moines so much. I got a call from not Des Moines, Iowa, like one of those robocalls. I got one from Des Moines, Washington. Des Moines, Washington. Well, because they've been listening to your phone. Yeah. Now, first of all, I didn't even realize that there <laughs> was a Des Moines, Washington. Dude, I was I was there like two episodes ago. I know. Five or ten episodes ago. But I thought that, I thought it was like Des Moines somewhere else. I don't know. I have no idea. But it, it creeped me out, and I screenshotted it. I, I meant to post it onto Instagram, but I forgot to. Uh, as such is life, you know. So it is. Um, so listeners from last week will know that we, uh, that Pete accidentally got stuck in a time portal between yeah. Alabama and Wales. In a multidimensional portal, between um, the two. transatlantic portal. I looked up how to, so Merlin wrote a book, uh, that dealt with how to get people out of this. Oh, right. And so what Welsh, we, we Welsh say, famed Welsh magician, Merlin. famed Welsh magician Merlin, mm. uh, wrote a book. Uh, or it was really more of like a scroll of how to get him out. But Magic so what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to say "Rule Tide Crumbre Bama" three Rul- times, three times, three times in a row in Sh- unison. Shit! Well, okay. All right. Some real life Welsh here. All right. I've got to get some music going. I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm not even gonna deal with that. That's that's you know that might throw it off. I don't want him to come back with like four arms. Roll tide, Cumbre Bama. Roll tide, Cumbre Bama. Roll tide, Cumbre Bama. I think it worked. Uh, Pete, 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 you're here. Pete, Pete, oh, Pete, Pete made it. What's up, what's up, boys? <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? How, was how long were you in there? How were you in the? How long were you in the portal, man? Oh, man, I was just fishing. I don't know. Fishing, was, fishing oh, in the multi-dimensional. Fishing in the multi-dimensional fishing portal. In the sea of multi-dimensional. Wait, you have an orange beach shirt on. Yeah, is that where? Yeah. where it sent you? Yep. I was just hanging out. Did you even beach? get? Okay, well, I mean, you obviously, yeah, it's nice. The orange beach in the multi-dimensional sea. Look, man, I don't know why y'all had to mess around and bring me back up here. I was having a good time. <laughs> had a king mackerel online. Is that a bushwhacker in your hand? Yeah, well, I was having a good time. I told right. you. Well, you only were near the multidimensional Pensacola. I was near. I was near the multidimensional Pensacola, but still, you know. Orange Beach is the multidimensional portal between <laughs> Mobile and Pensacola. Yeah, <laughs> we talk a lot. Like, there's for people who've never, who are not from there, and who like kind of go there sometimes. We've talked about Pensacola probably more than any other podcast Definitely. that it doesn't have to do with Florida. I've only been there once. Yeah, so I mean, like, I've never been, been there once. Yeah. I've been there m- but it, way more than once. But, but Pens- Pensacola had a massive impact on me. Yeah, did it? 
Yeah, it's well, I mean, it does. It, it, it does do that. To people. I've never forgotten walking See, down the beach on a Tuesday morning at ten thirty and seeing the humans that I saw tucking into the uh, cold brews. The, yeah, co- the cola that got me by the by the heart is Appalachian cola. Mm. I'll tell you that. That's my yeah. cola. You know, hundred percent, man. Thunder for me. The international, the international, the interdimensional uh, orange beach. Um, you know, it's, it was really nice. That's good. You know, I, I didn't. Uh, I really didn't have to be snapped out of the boat like y'all just done me, but that's fine. <laughs> well, did it I mean, feel like? But you just there, like you know. I hope they aren't worried about you. Well, because was, your hand was, on the rod, so to speak. Yeah, was feeling just, yeah. the tug of the deep. Yeah, well, and uh, suddenly, what happened? Did I was, you feel I was like was just tugging rods. I was walking down 125th Street. You know, minding my own business, enjoying the the nice stale air of New York City, and uh, I don't know, man. The sky turned white, and. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just came to on the floor of the Floribama, uh, some nice gentleman pouring a, a bushwhacker in my face, yeah. and there I was. You know, I didn't. I didn't question it. I just went. I just can't question these. Started things. fishing, same as he was back before he was. That's right. Yeah. At first, I thought you were saying you're on 125th Street in multi-dimensional Orange Beach, and I thought that doesn't make any uh, sense. No, they haven't got one of those. But then I thought, there. but of course, there could be 125th Street in Orange Beach in because it's multi-dimensional. So it that's true. Things can happen. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. You know, it's uh, like in Washington Square, Pensacola. Yeah, yeah. could have been. That could exist. Yeah, all things are possible. There's probably multiple Washington Square parks around the around the country. Around the, um, around, uh, the around the there's country. definitely a lot of them in all the different Des Moines that I've been spending time. Yeah, with. yeah. I bet Des Moines, Washington State, Des Moines probably has a Washington Square park. In it. <laughs> it Think about that. Does. It does. Think about it. Think about it, people. Think about it. Mm. Well. Glad to have you back, man. Yeah, thanks. I'm yeah. glad to be back. Yeah, we are. Trinify. This Trinify. is the first time oh, yeah. all three of us have been physically in the same room in a long time. Probably since last summer. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably since I set off on my my one-man journey to visit all of the possible Des Moines in the United States of America. I think you're probably still missing some. Yeah, I definitely. No, there's a few. I know you didn't hit Arizona. You what? didn't go to Des Moines, Alaska. You Don't know. worry. I shall be going back out on the road. Yeah. To, uh, very shortly, in fact, I'm going back out on the road, um, but not to Des Moines, in fact. To Des Moines, Alabama? I'm going to Des Moines, Alabama tomorrow, in fact. That's right. Des Moines, Alabama, a.k.a. Birmingham, Alabama. I shall be returning... The great return but, from my 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness of Des Moines. I am returning to the Beeham, the salty Beeham, on the morrow. Not only are we are we all bodily in the same room, but we all will have been or have been in Alabama within the same week. True. But not at the same time. Well, I was in multidimensional Alabama yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Is it different? Uh, well, uh, is it kind of like... Uh, is it like, or or do you know? Is, is it kind of like similar to like Avengers Endgame, where like is that a different timeline than our, than ours? Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty much the same. Does the fire escape exist in that one? Well, uh, yeah, but it's it's uh, it does exist. I think people people. Well, I can tell you this: the architectural uh, fixture does not exist. Oh, in that in that one, like, so they have no idea what our podcast is. No, yeah, they only the podcast exists. So they have no, you know, that's good no, for us as far as like searching. Yeah, engine no, we're doing position. great. Yeah. We're doing great in interdimensional Alabama. Well, I can tell you that right maybe now. Maybe we should go replace them. It's, it's basically exactly the same, except for uh, part of twenty fifty nine is gone. <laughs> 
that's that's really the only that's, change that's, I really that's noticed. That's the same. That's the same way it is in in our world, unfortunately. Oh, oh, all right. And they're trying to get us to call it fifty nine twenty, which I refuse to do. Well, that's dumb. It's called twenty fifty nine. I know. Uh, fifty nine. It's uh fifty nine. Like they're not like saying, "Oh, hey guys." They're not like going. We're officially renaming it fifty nine twenty. They're just on a bunch of the signs. It just says like fifty nine twenty now. Like they're trying to subtly do Why? it. Like since when do highways need rebranding? I don't know. That's stupid. Because this this one's new. <laughs> that's that's how they want you to know it's new yeah. in this section. So, that's so dumb. oh no, this isn't twenty fifty nine. It's fifty nine twenty. Mm. Think about that. It sounds fancier. It does sound fancier. I'll give them that. I don't like oh, it, yes. but it definitely sounds classic. Oh, is that a fifty nine twenty? Yeah, going. Cool. going everyone knows yeah. big number to smaller number. Yeah, is nice. That sounds like a uh, like a luxury car. Yeah, like oh, is that a is that a fifty nine twenty? Yeah. Oh, those are. Yeah. I hear those are quite nice. Yeah. Or a sports car or something. It sounds. It sounds expensive. It does. Maybe that's their idea. Maybe they're just trying to you know lure the people from Atlanta and Nashville into Birmingham with fancy yeah. roadways. Would you like to drive on? You could drive on sixty five yeah. or come through fifty nine twenty. Where's um highway sixty six? Where's that? Route sixty six? Where's Route sixty six? Yeah. It goes, uh, it goes from uh St. Louis, Joplin, Missouri. Yeah. Uh St. <laughs> <Saint> Louis <laughs> uh Gallup, New Mexico. Yeah. Flagstaff, Arizona. Don't forget Winona. Why yeah. did um uh, why does uh why did Bob want to revisit it? Uh Wait, no, that's Highway... Uh, that's Highway 61. 61? Yeah. yeah. So what's 66? You get Johnny your kicks, Cash, you get your kicks on Route 66. Route 66. Yeah. So, so you get your kicks on Route 66, yeah. but Highway 61 was revisited. I've never, I don't know what Highway 61 is. I've yeah. driven Route 66. I don't, know what he, I don't know what happened to him the first time he went there, where, why he needed to go back. Yeah. Maybe he couldn't remember. So he had to, re- he had to revisit it. Yeah. Yeah. Then he wrote a song. Or maybe something terrible happened there. Yeah. Actually, like you know, we're joking about this. This might be something extremely terrible that happened to Bob. You know, we don't know. To Bob. No, or to like people or something like yeah, that. I mean, like you know, I don't know. Who knows? Who I don't knows? Know. It's I don't impossible know. to know. Bob well, Dylan once said, "Go where everyone else isn't." Which I always thought was interesting, but I also just thought, "But isn't that very lonely?" Yeah. Well, it's also not the best advice all the time. Like, true. go where everyone else isn't if you're, like, in the middle of an actively erupting volcano. Sounds like, oh, maybe everybody's not in this one place because mm. that's where the lava is. Yeah, true. yeah, that's true. I guess he, I wonder what he was, I don't know what he was, what the context Bob, was. Bob Dylan was full of great little quippy one-liners like that, that. That I think if you thought about for too long, like, you hear him, you're like, man, that's great. Most one-liners, yeah. You're like, mm. you just can't think about them for too, too long. Yeah. I think that's the thing with like a, with, you know, like proverbial sayings and stuff like yeah. that is like, they usually make sense, but if you pick it up, you know, it's like one sentence, there's yeah. no nuance to a sentence. No. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. sun's not yellow, it's chicken. It's just like. It's great. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> there's some things that do mean a little bit of something and you're just like, well, upon further reflection and upon deeper understanding of this topic. This doesn't actually say anything. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there's also a lot of those, like a lot of turns of phrase that I would use without even thinking that they were sort of weird, strange turns of phrase because they're just part of the landscape of the English language in the UK. Oh, yeah. But over here, people are just like, "What? What do you? What are you talking about?" Like what? Like, I mean, not just like you know, sort of little deep aphorisms like that. More like rant, you know, things that you put in normal speech. Yeah. Like, so the uh, one I realised I said all the time, but I didn't even know that I said it all the time was, "If someone really knows their onions." Oh yeah, 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 that. and that no means that means 
someone's an expert in something. Yeah. So it would be like, Pete worked, I'd be like, oh yeah, my friend Pete, he worked at this great guitar shop. Oh, does he know a lot about guitars? Yeah, man, he really knows his onions. Huh. And that'd be not because guitars are onions. Sure. But because I think it derives from the fact that there's a lot of varieties of onions. So if you really know your onions, you're an expert. Yeah, you know it. So you could be like, really, he really knows his potatoes. It's just a bit more <coughs> there's of a mouthful. red onions. I mean, literally, there's more white more onions. More there's of a, shallots. Yeah, vidalias, you know, green. Anyway, onions. but like there was, I didn't think. So that's probably just something I would just say without even thinking about it, because it's just the fabric of like the English language in the UK. You know, people would be like, oh yeah, man knows onions. But, capital E English yeah, language. But, yeah, but yeah, capital E. Yeah, I'm not colonial English. Um, but uh, but I remember I was, several times over here, people would be like, what onions? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, oh. You know, yeah. they're like, why do I need to know about onions? What have onions got to do with anything? I'm trying to think if there's any that we use, like, regularly enough. Like, I've always thought about, there There are some that, like, my, my parents, I've, I've heard them my whole life, they say, damn nation. <laughs> they got mad. And I never knew what that came from or what that was about. But they're just like a, just that's your. Just you, the concept of damnation, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Nation. But I always, I didn't even think about that. I always thought about it as damn space nation. Damn the nation. No, I don't but think that that's what probably, it is. Probably, yeah, you it's know? probably damn nation. <laughs> but it said, damn nation. Yep. The damn nation. Yep. They were just talking about the nation of Islam. What about tar nation? What in tar nation? Yeah. yeah so what is a tar nation as opposed to a damn? Well, when you tarnate. Yeah, what is it when What's you tarnate? What is that? I have no idea. <laughs> you I said that like it was something. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Let's, like, take, uh, a, let's, take, let's take a tarn about the park. Yeah. A tarn. Let's I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Tarnation. What in tarnation? Yeah. I never thought about it's that It's just word. a euph- euphemism for damnation. Oh. Is it? Yeah. Well, it really is. It's just like a sort of like a polite version of saying damnation. Yeah. I think it's like. It's uh, like when people like used to saying, dub swear words in movies. Yes. They just yeah. they created tarnation instead of damnation. So You see of, what happens when you French a stranger in the Alps? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best version of that. My favorite one was a UK. You see what that, happens? There was a BBC dubbed version of Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy. And um, fuck you, motherfucker, became fun you, you muddy funster. Which I always remember, like, it was almost just peak nonsense. <coughs> fun you, you muddy funster. Fun you, you muddy funster. Um, but what made it even better is that whoever had dubbed it clearly was not Eddie Murphy and also clearly wasn't American. So there'd be uh-huh. like Eddie Murphy, then suddenly there was this voice, this sort of very non Eddie Murphy voice, yeah. saying, fun you, you muddy funster. <laughs> I think there was a Fun band you. actually called the Muddy Funsters for a while. That's good. Yeah. I wonder, now that you'd mentioned that, I wonder if Phoebe Bridger's Stranger in the Alps is based off of that, oh, yeah. off of the, uh, the dub of uh, Big Lebowski. She's French a Stranger in the Alps. <laughs> you see what happens? <laughs> there were people who were like, having recently. I was, as you know, I was spending a little bit of time in um, Germany. Germany. <laughs> um, but there I discovered that they have this phenomenon where all American or English TV shows over there are not subtitled. I think you can get them subtitled, but they're all overdubbed. Really? really? Yeah, they're all dubbed into German. Yeah, so there are actors there who just do the voices for Goodness, specific yeah. actors wow. like other specific famous actors yeah. so I've heard about this over there, like, yeah, someone like oh yeah there's that guy he always does George Clooney or he's like the German Clooney voice 
That's got to be so weird when you hear a consistent voice for an a- for an actress. Yeah, then you actually hear them speak. Hear them speak in a different and you're context. Like, that's that's not what different. they sound like. Yeah. But it's weird because you watch them because they do a really good job because actually people are acting the lines that they've been given, but it's very clearly not what's coming out of the person's mouth. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean because it's just not the words, so it's very peculiar. But it's like watching like Japanese <coughs> dubs yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. From but like, it's a cultural the, thing. Like they prefer the by all accounts they prefer it there. Like that's the choice. People like German. to have it dubbed. Yeah, but yeah. in other Europe countries that's not the case they just want the subtitles you know um but i think there are other countries where the option is also there i think they do a lot in spain but but Dubbing germany is just like the sense. given thing yeah it's all going to be a little bit um distracting because like you're going to be watching them and they're not saying the thing but subtitles is weird to me because it automatically draws your eyes yeah. down to the you bottom can't of the really thing do the whole th- you can't watch what's happening yeah mm. so it's like and I know a lot of like cinephiles are like, oh no, I, I way prefer subtitles to, uh, you know, to dubbing and stuff like that because it's you know, it, it, it's distracting. But I'm like, but what if you like if there's something up in the top? I'm pointing to a TV right now. Well, this is a <laughs> audio medium. Uh, but if there's something in the top like of the screen, you'd uh, you would, if there was like something subtle up there, you wouldn't see it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like. Like you're, you're not going to catch all like the red stuff in uh, yeah in, in Sixth Six Sense. Or, yeah. yeah, have you ever seen subtitles in a or subtitles in a theater? I have. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, like in seeing like a foreign language. Film. Yeah, yeah, in a foreign language or no. Lord of the Rings. No, 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 not in Lord. I mean, in like a live theater show, not in uh, going oh, movie oh I thought you meant no. the movie theater. Yeah, I've seen that. It's quite odd. It's even weirder actually. Up? Yeah, they just have like a little uh, ticker tape type thing kind of above it. They often have it for like operas, obviously, but I've also yeah. seen it with language plays. And uh, but that's even weirder in terms of because almost like a screen is almost obviously smaller, right? So, yeah. You know, is that- so, so your eye travel doesn't have to, and obviously, but like theatre, you know, like stage pictures are really important. Yep. You know, so and it's just a really big space as well. And then they have this weird ticker tape, often in red. <laughs> you know, I wonder is that for is language. that for language or is that for like hearing impaired people? Uh, foreign language foreign but you language. do get hearing impaired um, yeah well my first job when I go out of drama school I was doing this play and the guy who was playing the lead um, opposite me had this uh, very um, entertaining sense of humour and he um, basically told someone in the cast that um, <laughs> that there was going to be a hearing impaired person doing sign language during one of the shows mm-hmm. and that, often that does happen you have the sign and come yeah. in but this was in a relatively small theatre <coughs> but there was this other actor who was also their first job out of drama school he told me he was going to do this gig, this gag and he told this other actor he was like yeah there's a hearing impaired there's a sign language interpreter coming in he said so um, he said but also just so you know that when you do these shows, the sign person will be there, but you won't be able to see them because the lights will be on us. But they're there in the audience, so like don't. But yeah. but it's also there's also some some people there who aren't completely deaf, so it's quite important for us all to speak a lot louder than we normally do when we're on stage, <laughs> just for this one show. And this guy, Freddie, was, was just like, all right, God, thanks so much. Thanks, Rob. Thanks. Oh, Freddie. Yeah, and oh, he kept on Freddy. telling him, like, just if you've been practicing, you just remember that, you know, really up the volume. 
<laughs> come on. And sure enough, like four of Freddie came in for his entrance and just started screaming all of his lights, you know. <laughs> and everyone else was speaking normal volume. And it took him about five minutes to the clock because he was in front of like 150 people. Yeah. You know, that he'd become, that someone was making an absolute melon of him. And of course, you could see that actually there was no, there was this bit when he started looking around to see if he could see the sign language interpreter. Because <laughs> we were all just speaking at normal, you know, yeah. we were just like, just saying our lines like a normal voice. So oh, good. maybe you know? it was the, di- the later <coughs> show and not the show. Yeah, you could see yeah. his face. He was like, but Howell's not screaming. Rob's not screaming. <laughs> and then he'd have another line and then he'd scream it again, but he'd look confused. He started to cast out. He's looking to the audience to see if the sign language person oh, was there. Awesome. And obviously they weren't there and you could see that they weren't there. Mm-hmm. And then he was really furious, but it was pretty funny and we were all losing it on stage. It's nice to have a little chuckle about Eddie after the fact. Yeah, yeah. it was. Bless him. Mm. It was great. Like making a melon of somebody. I've never heard that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a voice. Oh, oh. there's my wife. That um, is the sound. Look at that. The sound of... There's lots of sounds. Yeah. There's a robot, I think, talking. It's okay. Rolling. Yeah, I can't say that we, like, played any serious, like, pranks or anything like that in my theater experience. But I definitely, you know, we did a lot of, like, improvisational stuff when stuff would go wrong. Like, when, (coughs) you know, in, like, high school theater, pretty regularly, like, a piece of, uh, like, a prop or a piece of like stage scenery would just fall over you know oh, yeah, and you just kind of like of stuff like that yeah, yeah. you know you just the, roll with actually it. the best one this is uh what a ridiculous story but um if you'll forgive my intense name droppiness when i tell this story but i think it's worth oh, it watch your toes y'all but um watch your watch your name i'm gonna drop a huge <laughs> concrete name um but when i was doing that play um on Broadway, all those ten now nearly over ten years ago, uh, that production of Macbeth. One night, actually, it was when we were in the West End. One night, uh, Paul McCartney, and we were told in advance that we like got to the theatre and in the backstage of these old theatres and most theatres where you have this tannoy or tannoy system where the stage manager can make announcements to the cast and if you're in a dressing room and you have an entrance during the show, right, or go, it'll be like a uh, Mr. Corn to the stage, please, Mr. Corn to the stage, yeah. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be like beginners, um, which means five minutes before the show opens. Beginners, ladies and gentlemen, beginners. Anyway, so there's often you get little announcements for the company at the half, which is half an hour before it goes up. It's called the half is. And that night, I was sitting in the makeup chair having blood poured on my head. And that night, the tannoy went to say, Paul McCartney is in watching the show tonight. And we all like, lost our shit. We're like, Paul McCartney, fucking Beatles in the house, man. It's just mega. Yeah. And there was like a thousand people in this theatre, a big old theatre. But then it was... Um, Paul McCartney is going to be come backstage afterwards to say hi. So he was come backstage because there was obviously another very famous person in the play, namely Sir Patrick Stewart, right? And, um, he, I'm uh, dropping a uh, thunderbolt every time you <laughs> drop a, a new name. I didn't yeah, do it every yeah. time with Paul McCartney. But. Anyway, so um, you know, names goes from the past. Yeah. But, so obviously Sir Paul McCartney himself, the Beatle, was going to come backstage and shake hands with the main man who was in the play, Patrick Stewart. But the tunnel announcement was like, if anyone wants to say hello to Paul McCartney, we've checked and he'd be happy to say hi. So we were like fucking stoked. We're going to like meet Paul McCartney after the show. Mm. But then, so during the show, I had to sing a song randomly. I was doing all of like small parts, but I had to sing this old school song in this one scene where the director had been like, I want to have like a pianist on stage with a singer just before the scene starts. And I had to sing this song by Ivan Avello, this old school sort of lounge singer-songwriter from the 20s in the UK. Very sort of old school stiff sort of like 
salon type song mm-hmm. but my mate Ollie was playing piano live on stage so there was an upright piano got wheeled on for the beginning of the scene and I would sing this song called My Dearest Dear in, and it was always this really weird moment where there, everyone else on the cast would pretend to be in this concert hall and I'd sing this song looking out to you know, a thousand people in the audience anyway but we walked we were sitting in the dressing room and I said to Ollie when he plays the piano I was like mate what key is My Dearest Dear in? and he was like what do you mean? and I went are there any? I said, are there any Beatles piano songs that you could segue into in the middle of the tune? Because there was this mini instrumental in the middle of it, and he was like, "Don't fucking put that idea in my head, mate." <laughs> and he was like, "He was like, shut up, don't even mention that." And I was like, "Come on, man." I was like, "What? Let it be." I was yeah. like, "What's the instrumental bit?" And he was like, "No, no, no." He's like, "Just stop talking to me about this, like, because now <laughs> you can you can have it in my head." He went, "I can't mm-hmm. do that. We might get fired." And I was like, "No, no, no. Come on." And then he suddenly, about two minutes later, he went, "The long and winding road." And I went, what? And there was this second, you know the long and winding road has that mm-hmm. bit that goes, dum 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 He went, that's in the same key, that would work. And I was like, <laughs> it's up to you. And he just went, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not a prick. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to risk it. And I was like, cool, man. Well, look, it's up to you, dude. And sure enough, I sang this song and halfway through, there's this little mini instrumental and he fucking went for it. Da-dum, dum, 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 bang, bang. incredible. And I like, absolutely lost it. I couldn't almost sing. I was like, <coughs> and the rest of the cast were like facing us away from the crowd and they all just started losing it. Like their shoulders were going up. <laughs> And we were convinced, we were like, Paul McCartney has got to have noticed yeah. that we did the long and winding road. And sure enough, he came back upstage, backstage afterwards and we were like, me and Ollie went up to him to like shake his hand and everyone was shaking his hand. And we were like, nice to meet you, Paul McCartney. And all he said was, great job, well done. Uh. And, and Ollie was like, but, you know, did you... And, and then he just like stared through us, you know, in the international language of famous persons, which yeah. was like, I've done my bit and said well done to the mere mortals and now leave my personal space. In the nicest possible way, you know. Yeah. Like, he was really nice. But we were like really crestfallen. We were like, man, we just played the long and winding road for you, yeah. King Paul McCartney. You didn't even notice. Not only have I bought all of your records, <laughs> listened to all of your songs religiously since I was born. You should know. And yeah. I just we just played the main refrain from the Long and Winding Road in the middle of our song in the middle of this production of Macbeth for you. Yeah. And all you say is... A nice production of Macbeth starring Sir Patrick Stewart, Stewart. a.k.a. Jean-Luc Picard. Picard. All yeah. you can say is, nice job, well done. Yeah. That's better than saying, bad job, poorly done. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. true, yeah. Bad job, poorly done. Nice poorly job, done. well done. Poorly done. Well done. Nice job, well done. There you are. That was a prank. That was a theatrical oh, prank little, story. Little pranks. Little, little prank, prank story. Theater, um, Peter, you got any theater pranks? Theater corn? No, I don't As do they that. called you. I'm not, I'm not a dork. <laughs> they oh. used to call you theater corn. Oh, I'm not, I'm yeah. not a theater dork. Cool. I, don't do, I don't do plays. Uh, I've yeah. never been in a play. I've only been to see one ever, I think. And I'm pretty sure it was that one about you, you and Marcus in about boats. <laughs> I've got so many. It's Jesus called Christ. South Pacific. Just having like told yeah, that story, it's just like my whole brain is opening up because I didn't think about that stuff because I haven't been an actor for so long, but just like endless, there's endless of those tales. Jesus, never ending theatrical prank well, stories. That's not true. I acted one time. I did a voice acting thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that. I did uh-huh. that. There you go. That was it. That's not the theater, though. No. The theater. Theater. The theater. The theater. The theater. Welcome to the st- get to the stage. The stage. Oh, the life of the stage. The life of the theater. Mm, out on the proscenium. Mm. You know all that good stuff. Upstage, downstage, left. You know, stage the grease, left. The grease paint. You know all the good. 
all that stuff, you know. I don't know about that. No, flies, I played harmonica in that thing one wings. time. I did that too. Yeah, you did. You did play harmonica. Yep. Big in River the, in the theater. What, what about that harmonica that? solo with uh oh. with old ha- Alexander Hamilton himself? That's right. Not Lin Manuel Miranda, the uh, the the third Alexander Hamilton yeah. of the of the runs. Dude, uh, that was that was one of the weirdest musical things in my entire life because I mean, it was like you know it was a musical. So all the people I was playing with were playing from sheet music. They were very very uptight. Do they very have serious. Music? Yes, they so do. When, yeah, so huh. when when I someone was like, "Oh, you play harmonica, uh, you should go audition for this thing." I'm like, "All right." So I go into the, this is at Alabama, and I go in and talk to whoever it was who was directing the play or whatever, and uh, and he handed me some sheet music, and I'd listened to the music the day before. And, I mean, it's harmonica; like, it's just it's not hard. And he hands me sheet music, and I'm like, "Dude." I can't read. Why are you handing me sheet music for harmonica? And he was like, "You got to play the sheet music." And I was like, "Can I just play the song?" And he was like, "What? Well, you, yeah, you you can't just play it." I mean, he was like so uptight. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll just play the song. Let me just play it. I know how to play it. It's like eight <laughs> notes. It's a harmonica. It's the easiest <coughs> thing I can do." And he was like, "No, here." And so I, I literally put the sheet music in front of me. Can't read it, and played the little thing. Just pretended to read it. Yeah, and he was yeah. like, "Oh, that was great. I thought you said you couldn't read." I was like. Yeah, man. Well, I, I figured it out. Yeah. What do you want? But we, I played in that thing for a while. It was actually pretty fun. fun. That is the thing. If you just know the songs, you can pretend to read music. Yeah. It's harmonica. Yeah. Like, there's only 20 notes or 20 possible noises you can make. It's just yeah. not that hard. Well, there's only eight notes in the scale. Yeah, but you got to know. You know like, easy. I get it. It's like the whole, you know, like knowing if it's a whole note, a half note, quarter note. Et yeah, but if you memorize the song. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You memorize the song. And most of the harmonica like, parts just, were solos. There was no other music. Yep. So, like, you can just pretend yeah. that you're reading. If, yep. you just ha- if you just nail it like it was on the recording. That's true. Boom, you're good to go. Yep. People think you can that's read music. Except for I definitely forgot some, the, the opening thing of the play is me playing harmonica. That was mm-hmm. the opening thing. There was no other anything happening. And uh, <laughs> the second, I think the second one, we did two at whatever the one is in Montgomery, that play place, that theater. The Shakespeare Theater? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the second one, I was reading that book on the old blues players uh, between midnight and day. And I was reading it. And uh, all of a sudden, I get like, all these people start tapping me on the shoulder. And I'm like, well, what? I'm looking around. And the director is like, you know, silently screaming he is pissed you're supposed to be playing and i was supposed to be playing i was like you get the screen the things start <laughs> opening up person goes out on stage and there was no harmonica <coughs> to accompany them and he was very very mad yeah as they as they do as That's they do you be. get for reading when you're playing music you see <laughs> try to tell them in the first place yeah it shouldn't be reading during music it's time man music yeah of course he just got Neither talent that's all you need yeah yeah you know, you gotta get his little finger. finger. Yeah, here's a funny, another weird story, right? Just reminding you, you know, I told you about that guy who was playing the prank on Freddie about having to scream when the uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with the fake uh, mm-hmm. with the hearing impaired uh, show. Um, the same actor, Rob. Um, we were doing, in fact, the same show later on. Right, so he uh, also in the UK we have this tradition called pantomime. Have you heard of pantomime? Like where you uh, yes, pretend it's... objects are are there, etc. No, is that not it? That's not it. No. So pantomime is. But like isn't pa- that what you do well, when you're when you're pantomiming something in in like acting? Pop, yeah. That's just mime, miming something. 
to mime something it's just like to go yeah you know like like Marcel Marceau oh, so yeah. I always thought it was pantomime no, I mean the words part is a part of the word see Bob so yeah, yeah. Mime, but a pantomime so panto as it's known is a sort of yearly it's a, it happens at Christmas time British theatre tradition it's almost impossible to describe like it's very very stupid it's sort of based in sort of like old folk theatre traditions but it's always kind of this every town there'll be a panto everyone will go it's for the whole family but it has certain like traditions to do with it it's um lots of clowning there's always a part a park called the dame the panto dame is always like the sort of the sort of main clown part but she is always played by a man in drag always no. that's the tradition and the dame is always like the center of the show and the people who are, like often go and play the dame every year in the town like this sort of the one person will come back and play the dame yeah. right and it's always a man in drag and nearly the lead in the panto the lead part is nearly always a woman in drag playing the boy so and it tends to be like old fairy tales so Jack and the Beanstalk for Mm -hmm. example so Jack and the Beanstalk Jack will always be played by a girl nearly more often than not and the dame will be a part of the story or you know if it's seven uh, Jack and the Beanstalk you know those old nursery rhymes especially Mother Goose stuff yeah or Mother Goose exactly but they nearly always rewrite it to do with what's been going on in the area around that particular theatre or in that town so it's always like an end of a year thing whereby there'll be jokes about like the you know the politics what's happened that year like also national jokes you know stuff like that and nearly always they'll um and now the other tradition in the uk so there's some traditional pantos but now they tend to stuff them with like z list celebrities as Uh well Mm. so it'll be sort of you know really random famous people will be in panto and get paid quite well and they'll just be sort of vaguely humiliated, and a lot of the jokes will be about the fact this person won Big Brother this year or whatever. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Anyway, the reason I mention it is that <laughs> Rob, who was in that play, was a dame every year down uh-huh. in somewhere like Portsmouth or something, and he always had these incredible like panto dame outfits, these really really big, like extraordinarily extravagant like women's like drag outfits, and he, as the dame. Are we talking about modern day? women's outfits or are they like oh but it's a, it doesn't even yeah like, kind of know. both i mean like it can be anything the key okay. thing is like it's absolutely outrageous and normally maybe we'll put some links up on of some like panto dame because we've got mostly an american listening audience i know yeah. um a few photos of some dames because it's a quintessentially really british tradition and doesn't really happen anywhere else this is interesting yeah yeah no and it is it's really remarkable thing it's also really fun there's like is it a lot know, about brexit now well undoubtedly like yeah. if there was a panto this christmas there'd be a lot of stuff about brexit and um and there's usually loads of songs as well and dances like it's like fun for all the family but with some like grown up jokes thrown into the mix and yeah um, it's it's prop, it's laughs proper jokes and laughs anyway so slightly off the point but Rob was, was a dame every year it was his mm-hmm. thing that he did every Christmas he was a dame in this one panto and normally that's a really good gig as well because it's a regular gig right really mm-hmm. fun make good money anyway he was always a dame and um, so when we were doing this show which was the, the original play not a panto the one that we were in together we it was like set in the 30s and we did have a show one afternoon whereby it was a matinee show and there was a large group of people from a local care home for people with learning disabilities came to see the show Mm -hmm. and there was this scene in the second half where rob was in a scene with an actress called caroline who's still a very good friend of mine and she was in this extraordinarily beautiful um 30s like cocktail dress Mm -hmm in this scene like she looked stunning every night when she did this show so she walked on the lights came up for the second half and there's Rob and Caroline in the scene she's wearing this extraordinarily beautiful dress and um and from this 
this group of people from this care home, this voice just piped up. You know, in a theatre, no one speaks, you're in the audience, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But there was this group of like really wonderful audience members from this care home. One of them just suddenly just piped up, just shouted out, just went, oh, look, what a pretty lady, right at the top of their voice, right? Oh, look, what a pretty lady. Oh, look, what a pretty lady. Just like really exclaimed it, you yeah. know, like no filter, no holds barred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a be- they- oh, look, what a pretty lady. Right, whereupon Caroline and Rob absolutely lost it, you know, like, and could hardly contain themselves. Anyway, the point of this is that the following Christmas, Rob did his panto dame, mm-hmm. and he's done it subsequently. And he's because div- one of the big things in panto is often the dame is always talking to the audience, right? Yeah. And there's this usually refrain, you know, they'll have, they'll develop refrains and catchphrases that they have that people would. Um, Will uh, will say to you, and the audience mm. will get to know call you. So every year, call and responses, yeah. yeah, and they'll come back. And the following year, he phoned me up on my, on, so I picked up my mobile, and I was like, "Mate, isn't it showtime?" And he went, "Yeah, I'm just about to go. I'm on the wi- I'm in the wings right now." And I went, "What are you phoning me for?" And he went, "Just stay on the line, right? Stay on the line." I went, "Okay." So I stayed on the line, and suddenly I heard him put the phone down, and I could hear like the rustle of the crowd outside, and then I heard footsteps, and then there was this huge cheer. Because obviously he'd walked out mm. in his outfit, in yeah. his dame outfit, his yeah. drag dame outfit, and he and you heard him go, you heard Rob heard him go, "Hello, boys and girls," and then he goes, "What do you say?" And then I heard like five hundred people go, "Oh look, what, <laughs> it's a, a, what a pretty lady," <laughs> and I lost my shit. And then later on, he phoned me back, and he was like, he developed it as his call and response, and he has done ever since. So now in Portsmouth or wherever it is, whenever he does panto. Whenever he goes on stage, now like thousands of people, and I think it's a really beautiful thing in a weird way, is that ever since this one person from this one show exclaimed that, it's now become this weird catchphrase in a far-flung seaside town in the small parts of the UK. That has to happen, I feel like, a lot. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? There's like those things where like you can't quite place, like you'll just overhear someone say something (laughs) that's funny, and Mm -hmm. then we'll just repeat it. Oh, yeah. Like we say things like you know the the story leading up to it like won't be like we'll you know say things like are you asking if asking us if we're in the movie yeah like you know things that people say that are like don't make any sense yeah it's just like man I I find myself saying that in uh I find myself saying that like around other people or, or saying like certain phrases around <laughs> other people that I'm like oh you don't get this yeah. or anything like that like you know if if i see like a bee somewhere i'll, I'll immediately go it's all covered, covered in bees. bees and i realize like yeah. oh man no one knows what that means but like maybe they'll pick up on saying it because yeah. it's kind of a funny thing to say and then you yeah. get to where we are you know what i mean that's I think, where language comes from i think you know? most <laughs> normal people like don't use uh you know, like inside joke stuff out in the regular world. Well, like, well, there's two types of people who do. One are people who are just really socially awkward, yeah, and don't know that it's weird. And the second is us, yeah. We know it's weird, and people like because I'll do that same thing. I'll just like, just someone will say something that will trigger a memory of some stupid stuff we used to say back in college. Yeah. I'll say it. And, and they'll I, be, and they'll just be like, "What?" And I'm like, "I don't worry about it." Yeah, when when <laughs> when you're if you don't have like social awareness and you say it, it's because you're expecting other people to yeah. think it's funny also yeah. or to like remark on it. And I'm like, 
I yeah. know that this is going to mean nothing to you. I just think, yeah, I, just I, I think it. it's and funny. I think it's funny. Yeah, like, it's also like, like my whole experience, like saying yeah. things like really noses onions. It's yeah. a bit yeah. like being, being an outsider in, in another country, but you have the same language, but actually there's this entirely different idiot. Yeah. yeah. It's like perpetually feeling like you're saying slightly the wrong thing. I feel thing. like if I lived in the UK, I would just say, oh, that, yeah. I would say phrases that wouldn't make any sense there all the time. Right? Like, yeah. and maybe even just make up a few and just be like, no, yeah, that's something we say in America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like you could you could be lying to me. The only reason why I know the knowledge is right is because my friend Liam's dad is a cab driver. Oh, the knowledge. Yeah, so he has the knowledge. So, but you could be you could be lying to me, lying to both of us about everything. Yeah, like knowing your onions, all this stuff, and we would have no way to check you on it. I mean, we could, you know, but we're not going to. That's very true. It is true. Wait, <laughs> is Howell even British? Maybe our show is huge in the UK just because people like listening to us just believe all the garbage Hal tells us yeah that's what that's it is. why no one listens <laughs> in the UK yeah. I don't know what the fuck is this guy saying Shut up. They, like, Make you know, they, up. yeah they're excited for you to like trick all these stupid Americans into <laughs> thinking oh yeah this is this is you know oh know your onions blah 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 guys know 100% your if you're in a lot of parts of the UK and open your voices because you're so richly and deeply from the south you'd, you would get a lot of very inane comments from a lot of British people about being cowboys and stuff like that probably oh, yeah, yeah. I work with a lot of British people. Yeah. And they well they all they've all adopted saying roll tide. Yep. And they're fascinated. Roll, roll tide. Well, I mean that's a that's a cross cultural phrase. Well you that's know what true. I mean? That's true. It's it was port- in the book of Portland. It's a portal phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I miss, see I missed all that. I don't know what y'all are I don't know what y'all are talking about. Oh, so we had we got you back from the the trans uh-huh. uh from locational portal inter- intercontinental waterways yes uh intercontinental <laughs> waterways the intercontinental waterway uh we got you back from that by saying uh this like incantation basically yeah roll tide was in it i knew, the, I knew the welsh have been using that for a while yeah they've been <laughs> i, I knew, knew the welsh been been roll tiding for a while rolling yeah, dude, with the, tide. the process intense yeah. magical that's power. right intense magical power You'd mentioned uh, Montgomery earlier, and I feel uh, I would feel remiss if we didn't uh, at oh, least yeah. touch on the uh, you know I the just not to like completely ignore the, yeah. the elephant in the room. There's not really much to say about it. Like I don't think no matter what your opinion of abortion is, I don't think that the bill that was passed in Montgomery uh, and the way in which it was passed was uh, was cool in any capacity. Yeah, so. Well. Uh, if you can donate to uh, any organizations that will that you know provide healthcare services to women and children in Alabama, specifically uh, rural Alabama too, say, yeah, you because like that's one of those lower things Alabama, where it's like you know it's beyond just like um, you know the concepts of and like the ideas of like choice and stuff like that. This is like a health thing to where like. There are so many counties in rural Alabama that just don't have, even for like women who are like, I'm, you know, would otherwise be pumped to have mm-hmm. a child. Like, you have to, you know, our friend Christian, who has a baby, uh, said, like, you know, towards the end, like, you sometimes have to go to the hospital once a week. Yeah. And if you are two hours away from the nearest hospital with a maternity ward or with a gynecologist at it or an obstetrician, yeah. it's like, uh, and you have a job, uh, what do you do? And, yeah. you know, so that that's kind of the situation that a lot of people, you know, of course, all over the country, but specifically in Alabama and probably Georgia as well, 
are dealing with. So it's absolutely astonishing. Isn't yeah, it? I'll be interested to report back because I'll be there. Yeah, obviously in the Birmingham from tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I was really. It was. I mean, it's almost slightly beyond. I was just sort of, sort of gobsmacked by the process of it as much as anything else. Like yeah, because yeah, and you know they uh, they had a. <laughs> Just to see, like, where the the idea or like, you know, where the lawmakers were coming from. One of the other, one of the a, a Democratic lawmaker uh, representative from Birmingham stood up and was like, uh, you know, well, if you're going to talk about all these like genocides and, and name these specific genocides in the beginning of the bill, why don't we add on, uh, you know, African slave trade and slavery in America? And they were like, well, we feel like it's covered in the in the mentions of other things. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so it's just like, like yeah, like, which is those, the, you know, like, and I made this joke last night. I was like, man, there, you could, Republicans would vote down, like, if Maxine Waters put a bill on the Senate to just be like, all right, we'll just never have income tax anymore. Yeah. But you have to say that mass incarceration disproportionately affects black people. They'd be like, no, uh, no, <laughs> no. Just, you know, uh, you know, income tax isn't so bad. Like, yeah. just like, are you, <laughs> like, how, how racist do you have to be to be like, we're not going to include that language in this law that's not even designed to be a law that's implementable. It's yeah. just a law to try and bring a Supreme Court case forward. Yeah, well, that's that's the only real... Like, this isn't even about, a real law, and you yeah. couldn't even throw in, hey, slavery is bad in a yeah. fake law that you're just trying to cause controversy with. That's insane to me. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's like, that's just like, what does that lose you? Like, this is just words. This is the equivalent. This is the legal equivalent of saying thoughts and prayers after a shooting. Yeah. And you can't even, you can't do, even do that. It. I'm just yeah. like, what? How, <laughs> how, how racist do you have to be, like, deep on the inside? A lot. And they probably don't even know it. You know what I mean? Like, that, well, they, def- to they them, definitely it's, don't know To it. them, it's just like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to have the you know this democratic person be able to beat us in any way yeah like we don't want to be subservient in any kind of way or bend in any way yeah it's just like absolute insanity (sighs) to me i'm just like this doesn't even like you don't even really care about this thing like you want this law to be challenged so that you can like challenge something you're planning on this thing getting struck down at some point in time so that you can gain some ground in uh, you know, in like controlling these, you know, abortions and stuff. Yeah. So the idea is they can take it as far as they can, and then the Supreme Court will go, no, no, no. That's this, the, the yeah. The they're moving the majority will go, no, no. That's that's too far. But yeah, you can have a bit of this moving the Overton window yeah, on it, yeah. so to speak. And they can't even like in this law that's going to get struck down say, yeah, slavery wasn't good. Yeah. Just be like, cool. Way to go, guys. All right. Wasn't it 25 dudes as well, right? Yep. 25 men. 25 dudes. Yep. Wrote the law. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yep. Yep. It's really something else. Something else is kind of like beyond words, isn't it? From what I read, like, dude, also big shout out to all the reporters in Alabama who were, like, holding it down last night. They were having, like, they were just, like, so stressed out and, like, constantly, like, tweeting updates and, like, you know, going through everything with everyone the gallery mm-hmm. was packed out with people like to watch the proceedings going on apparently the air conditioning wasn't working too great it was really hot in there and but they were saying that like there was basically 
screaming matches down on the floor like everything besides trading punches yeah which has happened in alabama politics before well, i was about to say i don't think it's going to be long until those punches start getting thrown and that yeah. sort of behavior do you know what i mean it's, it's yeah. that sort of that's what's starting to become really alarming on a national level i think is that you're starting to see that there's such a refusal to engage with just um like the basic norms of the idea of checks and balance and process right yeah that it is getting to the point where it's become you start to feel like it's getting to the point where it's becoming so uh, abused in that respect that you 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 start to fear that that's going to be an obvious next step because then the system yeah. starts to break right yep. yeah. yeah to me it's like the you know this morning I, I was kind of i don't know i uh, sometimes my brains just get really scrambled up when these kind of things happen and uh, you know i talked to brandy about it for a little while cuz you know i i have my uh, you know my thoughts on, on abortion and and around that thing I like I tend to get really skeeved out when I hear a lot of people talking about it uh, on the on the pro choice side of things I just I personally get kind of I don't even know how like exactly what I believe but like it just it kind of gets me into panic mode where I'm like I, I don't I don't feel like I feel like this is something I should have a firmer belief on and yeah. I don't exactly know what it is. And well, because there's just not a lot of nuance in it. There's two different sides that have, and like well, the obviously there's one side that is that is less nuanced. Yeah, I'll put it that. They're like I sure you know, but but there is a smaller wing of like the left that is also yeah doesn't have that very much nuance. Yeah, and I think that the, that can that can like sway something, but it, but I do think it is a smaller portion. Yeah, I, I do too. Of, I I, you know, I just like. You know, some, sometimes when those things happen, uh, when one side's shouting really hard, the other side's shouting really hard, I get like, I don't know, I get I get freaked out, you know? And because, I think it's because of that exact thing of like, things like this are so complicated and so nuanced mm-hmm. and just very person to person and situation to situation. Uh, like obviously, like, you know, a, a teenager, you know, having sex and getting pregnant is a lot different than someone getting raped and getting pregnant and wanting mm-hmm. to have that abortion you know like all those situations there's so many situations that yeah. are so different um, and they deserve equal care each each one and, deserves thought to if you're going to have an opinion on whether to abort a child or, or not uh or you know abort a fetus or whatever or not however the language is supposed to work um i don't know i, I still don't even know exactly what my thoughts are other than and it would that, also that, be a completely different conversation if like care after if there sure. was universal you know free child care or pre-k yeah or you know or yeah just the, basic health care yeah. for postnatal mothers yes like, or the, uh, the you know the mother like the infant m- mortality rate or the yeah. uh like the birthing mortality rate in amongst like black, black women, women specifically yep. wasn't so bad my our you pastor know? our pastor <laughs> like, said uh he said, "If childbirth was a job, yeah. Um, if yeah, if, if childbirth were a, uh, childbirth were a job, it would be the fifth most dangerous job that black women could have. Yeah, like Pretty based crazy. on mortality rates. That is a crazy thing, and it's it's very specific to black women. Yeah, because um, doctors don't listen to black women. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's anyways. I don't know. I like I say, I, the the bill is is one thing, and it's like so." cold and careless um like toward the people that's going to affect 
and it's political. I mean, like it's it's just a political tool. Like that's sure. the thing. It's using this like really but, complicated issue as a grandstanding tool yeah. in order to like win some. Well, that's that's know, why I say cold and points. careless. Yeah, it's like, like it has. They have zero consideration to actually what the bill will do or affect. Yep. It almost doesn't. It doesn't even feel like it's their views on abortion. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't even feel directly connected to the thing it's trying to legislate. Yeah, it feels like it's very much about absolutism and control in that. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's scary. I, I just I think I get really freaked out when I start to realize how little effective communication there is between the left and the right. It starts to really, really wig me out. Um, because this seems like this is the way laws get made now. It's either yeah, it's just all or nothing because no one wants to work with the other people, uh, you know, the other side, and uh, it just freaks me out, dude. It makes we're me feel in a like very we're going toward world. Yeah, yeah, we're going towards something really scary. Um, and so, yeah, I don't. I, don't I mean, know. the polling does. You know, there there is polling that shows that like people on the right and the left are more distrustful of the other it's not just like social media like that that like exacerbated it but like it's not just like what we're we're seeing smaller percentages of you know loud people that is an an effect but it's whatever whatever is causing it the facts are there are more higher Mm -hmm. percentages of people on both sides who just straight up don't trust and think the other side is un-american evil yeah evil yeah like that's just uh you know it's, it's pretty crazy. It's a scary thing. It is a scary thing. But, so, Hal, you want to become a citizen of the United States or uh, <laughs> huh. induct you into the colonies? No, uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe yeah. not a citizen of Alabama right now. Yeah. Even though I paid a visit and report back next week. Yeah, report back. Maybe well, you should run for uh, run for Congress down there <laughs> for for alabama state congress for governor yeah i call myself prince maddock yeah dude change your name i mean i wonder if you could <laughs> can you legally okay this is a question i want to know if you got a uh passport or if, if you became a citizen of the united states and got a passport could I change can you just name? make your name whatever you want like could you just have a new american name i'll see why not i could do there's no reason why i couldn't yeah you could just call yourself prince maddock maddock trump yeah like <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be good um, yeah, if you I, could just be mm. called Prince Maddock, yeah, there's no reason why I could do that in the UK if I wanted. I could change it by what they call deed poll. Yeah, but I mean, like deed poll. here, you wouldn't deed even poll. have to like do any. You know, you would just be like, oh, this is what you know. You wouldn't have to like go to an off- a different office. It would yeah. just be a part of the same. same you know, I the could same swear in, I could swear allegiance to the flag with the name yeah. Yeah. Prince Maddock Trump. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> that'd be Sub- something. Sub Black Wolf. Yeah, that would be that would <laughs> be something. I. Yeah. It is us, a black wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, on on that uh, slightly yeah. happier note, I would rather I would rather end well, on that. I was going to just end on for all the people who are uh, as as many like to do that are not from the south uh, that have a lot of opinions on the south. Instead of just like posting stuff about shitting on Alabama, uh, donate. I would, I would yeah, I would suggest that if you are upset by this new bill, um, instead of you know, judging the entire state by um, the handful of people who wrote the bill. Uh, go down there, visit, uh, talk to people, donate to the people that are doing work on the on the ground, and uh, keep keep your judgments to yourself. Make a make a 
you know, do something with yourself. Or Change judge it. away, but just donate a hundred bucks every time you make that's, a joke. Yeah, that's fine too. You know that's what I mean? Too. We could use that. Listen, man, Alabama needs money, and the and the state government keeps refusing to take to allow more. You know what? You know what would help with like the uh, with like e- the ease of like having children in Alabama if we had expanded Medicaid. Yeah, that'd be but in, cool. But but we voted not to because it has it Obamacare. Yeah, yeah, that would have been yeah. cool. Yeah. So. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, we need some money in in our the people that we keep electing to run the state refuse to take it for yeah. some you know because of re- reasons. Yeah, because a uh, white man came up with the idea. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And a communist. And a communist. He's probably yeah. a communist, and he's not American either, of course. Well, yeah. Yeah. Born in Kenya, yeah. a Kenyan, a Kenyan-born Ugh. black communist, Muslim, oh, a Muslim atheist. Yeah. True. Okay. Yeah. yeah, all the above. Uh, <laughs> the earth's flat, y'all. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to get down there tomorrow. Uh, I'll change uh, the mind. I'll, I'll change all their minds. I'll tell you what. Uh, I went to a new restaurant down there called the Automatic Seafood Place. Excellent. Okay. Very good. Birmingham also is too. It's hard to get a feel for like the rest of the. I mean, because yeah, so like yeah, everybody yeah, there, yeah. it's kind of like here. Everybody there also just yeah. makes fun of the rest of the state and is mad. So it's like kind it's of, true. you know, it's kind of a weird place. Like, I don't know if you're going to get yeah, a, no, a real a, vibe yeah, totally for, man, you course. might just get more anger. It's an island. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I don't know. You know, you never know. I'm going to stand on the top of the, um, I'm going I'm to get on the top of the Alabama building. Yeah, the city federal building. City federal yeah. building. And I'm just going to scream when I'm angry. I'm going to ah. go at the top. I'm just going to get there and scream, roll tight. Roll tight. At the top of my voice a lot. There's and a pretty lady. <laughs> roll tight. And then thunder will thunder rain will down. Lightning. Lightning will start hitting upon the Athena red thrower. Mountain. Yeah. Lightning will Athena strike. Herself. Lightning will strike. Zeus will toss a lightning bolt at Vulcan's uh, spearhead <laughs> that he is holding aloft into mm-hmm. the night. And the city will uh, be engulfed in flames. Of righteousness. Yeah. And uh, holy vengeance. Yep. Toward the evildoers. Yep. Of the world. Uh, Daenerys Targaryen will fly in with her dragon. Oh, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. All right. Later. Next, next time. Yeah, next time. We'll we'll have a, a full recap next week, I oh, feel yeah. like, of the That'll final the episode. End. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or maybe it'll be the week after. I don't we might have a we might have a different show planned for next week. But um you know, who knows? Who knows? Guys? It's yeah. been fun. Yeah. It's been fun to be back. We don't do late night pods very much. We don't do late night pods very much. It's different energy. We do early we morning do we pods. Should do a, we should do a drunk pod. Yeah, dude, I would, I would be love into to that. do that. <laughs> I would be very I into that. Would be into that. Uh, I literally in the in the uh, how I lost a heel. I've lost a heel on my shoe. Oh yeah, and I'm traveling tomorrow. What the fuck? I'm gonna have to go to the shoe hospital. I'm oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come with shoe hospital, they man. They'll fix you right up. They're gonna fix me. Right they moved. Up. Unbelievable. Look at that. How am I gonna get both home? of them? <laughs> you know, just the no, one. just the one. No, just the My shoes just falling apart, everybody. Oh. No. Well, on that sad note. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks yo. for listening. Uh, we've been the Firescape. You can email us at firescapepod at gmail dot com, or you can. Uh, what else can you get us at? You can get us on social media at Firescape Pod. Uh, you can find me at Coulter Levi on the Instagram and the Twitter. You can find Peter 
at the, on uh, Instagram as the buttermilk underscore Pete, and that's my that's my uh, interstellar Instagram. Interstellar Instagram. Yo. You can find Howell probably at the Revelator sometime yeah. uh, this weekend Some or next week. As of as of, as of uh, uh, Friday morning. Yeah. yeah. Are you training? No, dude, I'm flying. Flying, flying oh, to okay. Atlanta actually. Oh, and then, and then riding on the, on, the, on the bus. Yeah. On the bus, oh. the mega bus? Um, no, on the groom transportation. Groom transportation. Groom you, transportation. Did you man. just hop on like a wedding party's bus <laughs> that's like going? Was a party bus? Yeah. No, man. Like, yeah. Someone was just like, "Y'all go get groom transportation." That's what God. Glennie told me. Like, groom transportation is what I needed to get. Big ups to Glennie Brock. Yeah, and it's like a forty yeah. bucks ticket to. Uh, to be, got the old air miles down to Atlanta so it's very cheap roll roll um, thanks for listening y'all oh uh, thank you for checking out we've been seeing you know the yeah. people coming through looking at the blog reading our words uh, we appreciate that uh, we will continue to be posting typically on Mondays and Fridays this week I posted on Tuesday because oh yeah you can't always get what you want and I had to work a long time on Friday I mean, on Monday and we traveling this weekend and you know, we're, you're gonna get to a week you know what i mean right. we're gonna try and get it to you on monday and friday we try and get you these podcast episodes at you know 10 a.m on wednesday morning but here it week. is here it is almost 9 p.m and we're not done recording yet so you're gonna gonna probably get this one at 10 p.m so mm-hmm. you know whatever if you're lucky if you're if you're lucky maybe i'll put it up tomorrow who even knows yeah. i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna put it up tonight but Thanks, y'all. Rule. Rule. Bye. Get ready for the tastiest breakfast under the sun. New Jimmy Dean casserole bites. All the homemade flavors of a breakfast casserole packed into a poppable bite. And you know something else? They taste good. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and full plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.